Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. I think this is episode number 112. Uh, to give you a little bit of an update, I guess you could give you a baby update. We are 35 weeks today. Uh, by the time this podcast goes live, we'll actually be 36. Which the, uh, the term time, for those of you that don't know, is between 37 and 42. Meaning that baby can come any time in those sort of five weeks. In the UK, uh, I think they really they say 40 weeks is your term time. But there really is... A five-week window. I'm, I've been learning that and, and so much more in all the the videos and courses and whatnot we are doing. Um, so there might be a little, might be a week, maybe I might have a little sabbatical from recording this podcast, of course, um, or a couple of weeks. But I would encourage you uh, to go back over one of the 112 episodes and um, re-listen to one of your favourites because no doubt there'll be something, there'll be a nugget in there, a golden nugget that you maybe forgotten. Sometimes just a little reminder. And I still like I still get this when I do my own sort of learning and research, is that when you re go over something that you've learned in the past, you you'll you'll see a bit of information. You go, oh fuck yeah, that's how it works. Or oh shit yeah, totally forgotten that. So I just encourage you, or maybe perhaps listen to the ones that you haven't listened to because I'm sure, like for example, if you're a bikini girl, you maybe haven't listened to the ones where it's just like me speaking to big bodybuilder dudes about gear or, you know, maybe perhaps speaking to doctors just about anabolics or whatnot. Um, but, hey, always have a little bit of banter on those, so I'm sure there's something in there that'll, that'll keep you entertained. In regards to what's going on uh, within business, you know, we've the competitive season continues to continues to move forward. Um, this past weekend, we had uh, an athlete, Chris Bain, who uh, competed at FX, uh, the Bournemouth show, and uh, ended up coming, coming second. Um, to, to lose out only by a point to the guy that won the whole show uh, was an incredible achievement and he goes again this coming Sunday at um, PCA Midlands by the time this goes live he'll have done that and then he should be preparing for the FedEx finals which is in a couple of days and the look really has gotten better and better um, there's a lot of people out there that might say you can't improve the look when you compete multiple times in a season um, I, I would just you know, I tell you, go fuck yourself if, if that's what you think, because you absolutely can. It, it needs to be managed correctly, however, right? So that's not me being arrogant. That's just me saying that it's really, really hard. And from a coaching perspective, you need to know how to manage your athlete, um, manage fatigue, but also just manage their mind. Um, and sometimes that can be the hardest part. They can lose their head. And if you haven't, if you aren't giving the support and the encouragement, um, the look can end up going down the drain because maybe their training goes to shit. They're not as motivated. Uh, they're not telling you how stressed they are, or not telling you how fatigued they are, or whatnot. So, keeping in constant communication with your client is, I feel, often really essential if that's what you're doing. But hey, a lot of my clients are checking in daily from when they get to about three or four weeks out anyway. Um, for the most part, in that case, yes, I want to manage the physique, but also I just want to know how they are, um, because particularly with the first timers or even the the second or third timers it's just it's just I'll know that or that they'll be much less stressed if they just communicate with me daily and sometimes like I'll just reply quick quick voice note quick message just like hey looking great today let's keep it going um, because sometimes there's, there's you know there's maybe not a need to, to check every day 
but at the same time, what I may be saying to them is how are you feeling, how are you doing? And then they open up and then you get to know about, okay, this and the next thing, then that might influence the decision-making that you make for that day in regards to food or fluid, etc., etc. Um, but hey, moving on, because um, I'm just going to get off on a tangent here as I always tend to do, but hey, that's why you guys listen to this, right? Um, if you don't, please send me a message and say, Vaughn, shut the fuck up in those first initial few minutes um, and just get to the point and I'll say, right, cool, fair play. Um, either that or maybe tell you to go fuck yourself and stop listening. Um, but hey, message me see which one you get but anyway topic of today's podcast is you know in in regards to competing when should you hire a coach and what i'm going to do is i'm going to give you a little bit of my personal experience my thought process at the time of my journey but then also my opinion on when i think you should so for some of you out there who are listening you maybe decide you want to compete this might be for the first time or maybe it's your return to stage maybe you've competed two or three times before whatever it is whatever the case there can tend to be differing opinions on when to hire a coach. And I think there's actually a very solid opinion. This comes from the top coaches. But below that, as you get to the athlete level and perhaps you get to the dual blogs who maybe perhaps don't know much about competing, huge differing opinion. Um, some of you may decide to, to want to start with your coach the week or two before dieting. Uh, some of you might, might decide to do this much earlier. Um, personally, this year, I will let you know, I turned down three to four people uh, this year, uh, prep clients, who um, literally messaged me and were like, "Hey Vaughn, um, I'm I've booked a show. I'm 17 weeks away. I, I want you know followed you for ages. I love to be, love you to be my coach." And I was like, "Cool, good luck, but absolutely not, no way." Um, and you may be wondering, well, why did I do that? Well, as you sort of listen to to this podcast, you'll probably figure out why. And I'll go into my reasonings towards the end. Um, you know, I, I say that now, I'll probably totally forget at the end. I've, I've actually even said that, and you'll probably message me and say, Vaughn, you didn't get to the point. Um, and if that's the case, please let me know on Instagram or whatnot, and I'll, I'll give you a wee voice note or whatever. So let's, you know, let's use the first example. Let's say you are stepping on stage for the first time. Um, that was me, you know, back in... Um, Back in 2017, in June, for those of you who don't know, I competed in UKF, UKBFF Men's Physique, the Scottish Championships. Um, and I had actually decided I wanted to do this this summer before. This was kind of the end of April, May 2016. Ali had just competed. I asked him about it. He said, yeah, it's, you know, it's class. He would recommend it. Um, so I said, you know what? Uh, you know, I looked at my physique in the mirror and I thought, is this it? Is this all you've got, Vaughn? This is fucking diabolical. This is shit. I wanted to work with better better clientele, ones that are more adherent. I want to get epic results, but I didn't look the part for that. It says, I want to go down a journey and I'm going to see how the stage is. But I knew that, like, I don't have a fucking clue about competing. I don't have a clue about federations, about posing, um, and what it would take to get there. So I hired a coach. You know, I wanted the expertise of someone who had done it before, who had a track record that, you know, of, of results to show that they'd done it with clients. Um, time and time again. Some of you might be listening to this going, yeah, that sounds really familiar in regards to where I'm at. If it is, don't worry. I think this is where having time on your side can be hugely advantageous. And, you know, when I decided in 2016, I was looking at guys, I was looking at these photos, and I was going, I don't quite look the part yet. Like, I, I don't have as much muscle as maybe perhaps is needed Um to fit into that category. I've got maybe perhaps some areas of my physique that I need to bring up to, to quote-unquote fit that. So from the offset, when I heard a coach, they just kind of knew exactly what to do with training, food, the direction we needed to go in to sort of achieve the goal of competing the following year. 
Um, what I guess what this did for me at the time was it removed any stress or thought process from the equation. It allowed me to go into like robot mode, follow instructions, and just improve every week. But not only that, I think that you know I, I was a one-to-one personal trainer at the time working with clientele. Um, I was able to ask questions to my coach and. I was able to ask why we were doing things in certain ways, what was the reasoning behind this, and what that allowed me to do was improve my own knowledge um, and ultimately the service that I was able to deliver to my clients. Um, I learned new methodologies, ways to program sort of training, nutrition, and that kind of upped my service and um, kind of knowledge as a coach. So that was a, that was a huge benefit for me. I understand that not everyone listening is a coach, but I guarantee if you're in the bodybuilding scene, you will want to learn. And any good coach out there well, more than happy to share the reasons why. If not, they've maybe got a bank of um, answers, like, for example, in a podcast <laughs> or um, written down on articles on the website, such as I've got. But sometimes, like, clients will ask me a certain question. I link them the article, but then I also voice note them or I message them about, okay, well, yeah, look, this is the reason why we're doing it, but here's also more information we could check out and, you know, help improve your knowledge. Um, anyway, back to the back to the the sort of point. Um, back in twenty sixteen, I'd always followed my own sort of way of training, and it was mostly, you know, I wanted to be strong and whatnot, but I wanted to play basketball. You know, up to then, I was still fully kind of wanting to just have basketball as my hobby. Um, but then, then bodybuilding kind of took hold. Um, so my training, of course, drastically changed as I began my my bodybuilding journey. The Training was designed by my coach at the time in a, in a manner to, to bring up some of the lagging body parts or the underdeveloped areas, you could say, um, versus other areas of my physique. All in all, out the back, I was underdeveloped everywhere. There was no, there was my whole body was lagging, if that makes sense. But, um, you know, the program was designed to give me the necessary, you know, what we assume the necessary muscle to, to sort of compete the following year. And the thing is, most of you know, or you should know by now, that growing muscle mass takes time. So it just really made sense in my head. I was like, right, if I'm going to do this, you know, in 12, 13, 14 months, I just need time. And I need to get started, like, sooner rather than later. And I guess that, that kind of helps us go into our next point, which is which is time frame. And for me, like, having... You know, give my coach sort of plenty of notice. I was like, look, this is an idea. I want to maybe compete one day, and I'm thinking next year in 13 months. After a few months of kind of growing, programming and whatnot, um, we were able to sort of kind of decide whether we would compete the the next year or say, you know what, actually, you've actually not grown enough or those areas aren't responding. I think we should go the year after. Um, like, if we hadn't seen the response that we saw, um, and he, had, you know, my coach said at the time, listen, nah, I wouldn't recommend it. I would, hundred percent listened, and I would have just said, yeah, just sort of like let me know when you think would be good. We would have just done, you know, done the, done the dance, do the do's, I say, um, and then just, you know, compete, competed when and when he saw fit. And I think I probably speak for the most of us when I say that, that no one wants to step on stage um, and get it muscled, or when they're not ready. I think like when you go to the bigger bodybuilding classes, some some guys that have maybe moved from juniors up to class, uh, the open class bodybuilding, they will get it muscled. But you need to remember that they're young, and like in time, they won't get it muscled. Like if you if you've went from the junior class at twenty three and you step on stage at twenty four, and you compete against someone who's thirty, 
35, 38, they've just had more time in the oven than you. But then think about it, what's going to happen when you're 28, when you're 35, when you're 30, you know what I mean? You're going to be one of the bigger dudes. Um, obviously an off-season would help you with that, or a couple off-seasons. Um, over the years of working with clients, going to bodybuilding shows, going to many bodybuilding shows, literally over the country from as far as, you know, far north as Inverness um, to as far south as Exeter, um, which is, if you were to actually measure the distance between those two, I wonder how much, because from Dundee, Exeter's like a 10-hour drive. But then if you go north in Verness from where I stay, it's easy three hours. So that's about a 13-hour difference between the two. That's kind of how far I've, I've been for bodybuilding shows across the UK. I've seen many athletes step on stage um, that have had not enough muscle mass in categories, and it's just so noticeable. As soon as they step on stage, in your head you just go, ah, nah, they're not going to do that well. They're outsized. Or, you know, he's bigger here. She's she's bigger glutes. She, you know what I mean? Um and for the most part, if other people show up who do have enough muscle mass, um, you'll simply just get beat on size. You know, the judges will straight away like, you know, right, move you to the side, or you, you might not know it, but straight away as they're marking you, they'll just they'll they'll, they'll place you down. So I think that sh- ensuring you've got enough muscle mass is, is kind of crucial. So working with your working with your like any good coach, I'd say across the United Kingdom will advise you not to compete if you if they feel you need more muscle. Um, Therefore, working with them sooner rather than later just going to ensure that when it when you do come compete, you'll be big enough. And that was one of the things, like, if I go back to the point I made at the start of the podcast about those sort of four, four guys I turned down, a couple of them said to me, oh, cool, right, if you don't do it, who would you recommend? And I was like, anyone that I would recommend wouldn't take you on because for the same reasons that I'm not taking you on, um, which was, I don't, you know, I know nothing about your body. I don't know how it responds. One couple, couple of them, I was like, you don't have enough time. Like, I think that you're, that you're kind of too much body fat and you should do a later show. A couple of them, I was like, you don't have enough muscle mass. You know what I mean? I think that's what the sign of any good coach does is, right, well, you could do it, but I, I'm not going to prep you. Um, I would rather, I said to a few of them, I said, you need to take a you know a year off uh, or you need to wait another you know year or two before you, you try it. Um, but moving on. I think another thing, and this is one thing that any experienced coach will help you with, is something you've not considered is posing. So, you know, being able to nail the quarter turns, the eye walk, your routine, or whatever. Not every prep coach will be able to do that, but I think when you look at enough, when you look at enough, uh, like, say, like bikini girls, you learn to understand what works and what looks better. Um, or if you work with enough physique guys, you learn to see, like, what looks good and what looks better and you can give them little tips and hints um, with their pose and that's something I experienced when I was working with my coach back in the day um, I think what it encu- like having a coach kind of encouraged me to start posing practice earlier like I couldn't pose so my coach was like you know encouraging me or you know telling me that you need, you need to see a posing coach um, so I did uh, I did that you know a couple of months later um, and that was about say 11 months, I think. I started posing about July 2016, so about just, just under a year for my show. Joe, Joe Parrish, a good friend of mine, uh, was my my posing coach at the time. We spent an hour trying to spread my lats, and it's only at the end of the hour we finally managed to. Um, but then very quickly, what it meant was that I started to know the poses, so I could check in with my coach. Know, you know, He could see my physique, Then over time, uh, as we sort of started growing and whatnot, he could say, right, how's that... How's, how's he looking? 
is we are you know there's the program we have is having the desired response or we you know those areas that we want to bring up are they growing um and i this is something i emphasize with clients uh a lot, you know every week that if, they, if they're opposing is up to scratch some of them you listen will say yeah you know you fucking go on about it all the time but i'm like well there's a reason why and that's because a lot of the time first time athletes or even second time athletes i'm like well you know if you don't pose well it's, it's noted judges note that um take the bikini class for example five six girls walking on stage they'll look very similar condition wise muscle mass how do you separate them so who presents himself the best who has the best flow who has the best posing etc etc but not only that first time like fast forward to you know this year competing uh, which those of you know i did sort of five shows and uh, between july and august uh, i learned my routine for that in october 2020 Literally, you know, in between the, the two lockdowns we had when we were allowed to do X, Y, and Z, and it was, oh, it was fucking level three here, and it was level 17 there, and level one there. And that was kind of when I learned. And that's, you know, that's me having competed. I've done seven shows, and I was still learning that far in advance. The first time that you do any posing, it's going to feel natural, awkward, and very, very hard. Holding your breath or, um, you know, breathe, breathing shallow. Um, shallow. Shallow, is that even a word? shallow breathing uh, whilst tensing every muscle in your body and smiling it's just no easy feat so i found that because i hired a coach it kind of encouraged me or forced me to hire then opposing coach start posing earlier i was able to get feedback and tips on what i do um, might be the same for every coach as i said but most coaches will encourage you to hire opposing coach and what i will say is that the competitors that pose the best look natural when doing it they tend to do the best right if they're have enough muscle mass and they're conditioned um, let's say you've, if you haven't ever posed before you start working with your coach as you start dieting you know do you really think you look like those competitors who make it seem natural you know you're getting f- seven weeks out six weeks out posing still not on point most likely not you know um, and back to my point is that what we'd also see is that over time if you're muscle mass or dieting down the physique can look very different in the same pose if you're in a gain phase um, you know you're strategically trying to add tissue let's say the glutes um, and you know you hit a bikini side pose the glutes are going to look very very different in that shot versus just a, a you know a, a side relaxed um, so if you've got a coach who's got a good kind of coach's eye um, they're going to see how that pose develops over time and they're going to be making adjustments to programming because I've had some females like send me a, a relaxed pose and I go, man, yeah, you, you need to add tissue. You know, we don't look great in that pose and then they hit a pose and I'm like, holy shit, the physique looks way different. So just bear that in mind that maybe you've hired a coach but you're putting off posing practice. No, no, make sure that you please, please, please um, get on your posing practice ASAP. So we've spoken a lot about first-timers. What like let's talk about uh, if you're competing for maybe the second, third, or you know multiple times, and you've said right, Vaughn, yeah, you've talked about first timers, but what about me? Um, I just want you to ask yourself a few things in the times that you've competed. You know, were you lean enough? Did you have enough muscle mass? Have you worked on the feedback that you received from the stage if if you if you had any? Um, have you improved since your last outing? So, if you, you know, this is your third time. The second time you went on stage, were you better? Were you leaner? Did you have enough muscle mass? Did you pose a bit better? Um, and then also ask yourself, do you want to place higher? It's the re- like, those questions are, I think, that when you're thinking about hiring a coach are so crucial. Because if the answer is, 
I don't want to place higher. Well, number one, you're a fucking liar because I think everyone wants to do a bit better. Uh, it's naturally, like, the more you compete and the better you get, like the natural progression is placing higher, doing higher, higher caliber shows, winning shows, etc., etc. Um, everyone on stage wants to win, but only one person can. And I always say, look, whatever happens, be humble, because if you finish third and you're fucking raging about it, the person that came fourth would love to be standing in your shoes. Or if you win, right, or sorry, if you come second, um, you know, the person third would love to be standing in your shoes and vice versa. So, little note here, be humble in victory, but be fucking gracious in, in defeat. You know, there's there was one occasion that I came fourth this season, um... Did I agree with it? No. Did I show the guys respect that place above me? Absolutely. I even got, you know, I was hurting inside, but I even got photos with them after it. I spoke to them all, shook their hands and whatnot, wished them congratulations, and then went off and had my moment by myself. Please always do that. Um, don't be one of those people that throws throws medals or anything like that. Um, but anyway, back to the point. Being a coach myself, I work with a lot of athletes who have competed before. Um, some of them have had a good experience. Some of them have had not so good experience. The general trend of those that haven't had a good experience is that you they were usually not lean enough and or didn't have enough muscle mass. And I relish working with these athletes because they are often so, so hungry to do whatever it takes to come back better the next time around. Um, this means that they will follow the program that I designed for them and everything and execute every other fucking variable uh, ruthlessly. And I'm talking... They execute their training, their nutrition, their steps, their cardio, their sleep. Um, fuck, I, I made a joke with one client this year and I was like, dude, next time you'll be asking me how many fucking breaths is optimal to take per day. Some of them just, just they're, they're, they're that ingrained. You know, they have a burning desire to come out better. Um, and what it means is they often just mutate over time. It allows me as a coach to learn about their body, the response that it has and make changes accordingly. If we've got long enough, you know, we're able to run small recomps. Usually these are needed. And I get a rough idea of, you know, how many calories we need to be on for the body to respond. Um, I've worked with a lot of, you know, a lot of clients that have come to me after their first outing. And probably the most notable this year would be, would be, uh, would be Molly. You know, didn't place in her first show. Um, I think she spoke about finishing last or near last. And I, she came on the call, I saw the potential and I saw the, her physique and her origins and her surgeons and her muscle bellies. And I was like, I think you can win next year. Not just place, I mean, I think you can win. And uh, hey, she ended up winning a, an overall. I think she won six or seven firsts across the board. Uh, she won her pro card. Unbelievable. But where did it start? It started about 13 months before she wanted to compete. I still remember the first call. I think we had two calls, um, but it started there. And some of the stuff we spoke about in the first call, she, you know, it, she got that in her head and, and it ingrained uh, a certain way of doing stuff in her. And then when she, we came back for the second call and we got going, um, she was ready and she literally executed everything. And it, it, I think that kind of came from just us, us having more time together. Um, and I think also as a you know second, third time competitor this time around. If you go with a, a coach that's been around for a while, they should know kind of the look the federations are wanting. Um, and I think that they'll be able to, you know, a good coach will be able to suggest to you, to you like, look, I, I know you want to do this show, but 
actually, I think you look better in that show. Uh, the best example of this is I could say the standard bikini shot versus the IFBB front shot. If you're a bikini girl, you will agree with me. Some of you just look better in one than the other. Um, not all federations will allow the same shot, right? I think it's becoming more allowed. But let's say, for example, PCA has to be standard bikini. Two bros has to be IFBB. FitX can be, it can be both. It can be either or. There's no stipulation of which leg needs to be straight, right? Um, UKUP, you, you can get away with both, right? I think you have to do, you know, if you have, if you're hitting IFBB, the other one has to be the back leg is straight. You have a little bit, a little more flexibility. So, if, for example, uh, a female comes to me and they look, you know, they've got long feet, they've got really long femurs, um, and, and a good muscle belly in the glute, uh, and usually those sort of girls. You perhaps look good in the IFBB front shot because they, when they pop their hip, it makes their glute look a bit bigger as well. Um, and then they maybe don't look so good in P, a P, you know, standard standard bikini style. And they say to me, Vaughn, I want to do this show and it's the standard bikini. And I can say, look, that's all well and good, but I'm going to give you my opinion on on how you know what what I think that you should should go into. Whereas if if you're just kind of prepping yourself or you're going for a cheap prep coach. That you know, oh, they're what's your price, and then I oh, watch yours, and then someone's like fucking eighty quid a month. They're probably not gonna have that experience. So, don't try and cut corners when it comes to a decent coach. I mean, any any coach in the UK right now, prep coach that's a decent level that I'd recommend, um, other than myself, is probably gonna charge somewhere in the realms of between one hundred fifty up up to realms of two hundred twenty five pound a month. Um, that's just that's kind of going rate. Anything below that, you start to then think that maybe perhaps the coach isn't as experienced as, as much. And that's just the way of it. You know, people can get offended by that. I think it's, if you get offended, it's probably because you're not a well-experienced coach. Simple as that, because I remember years ago getting offended uh, when I heard a similar sort of comment. But um, I think that just knowing what which look is better um, is 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 a good trait to have um if you like as a coach if you are the second third time competitor then, then you should ultimately take advantage of that um your show that that you're perhaps thinking about um whether it be you know later next year or whenever it is i think that is on top of everything i've said working with your coach sort of sooner than later can ensure your diet you know you enter dying phase in the right right place um most of you know I probably entered my prep in not a great place and I had fucking had to to pull off quite a lot and um, had to do a lot to pull all off. In hindsight, I should have been in a better place. But um, I think that was both, you know, when me and Kyle spoke, it was, you know, it's not really a dictatorship by him, it's basically, I think we should do this and that and the next thing. And uh, we both agreed after it now, we won't push up as much. So I think next next time around, I would go into a little bit of a better place. But sometimes if you have no idea, of what's the good place to start in is where sometimes having a coach to make that decision for you again will mean that you can enter dieting in a good place in regards to body composition body fat levels and it comes show day to be ready there's nothing worse uh, than than doing a show not being ready you know i went into my first qualifier knowing like personally hand on heart i was not at my best and i had to be leaner had some work to do um, and it was not a good feeling Right, you know, I had to play catch up thereafter from other shows, and it was hard. Um, it really was, but I, I couldn't enjoy the day. You know, I had had another four clients with me at the time competing, and I was I was honestly more focused on them because I was like, well, I look fucking shit. I didn't look shit, but I was like, 
I didn't look as good as I could. Um, and, you know, I got the results that were deserving of how I looked. Uh, but hey, it was a different story in the shows thereafter. And by the last one, uh, by the last few, I was pretty peeled to the bone. Um, so I guess if I was to, to go back to the start, right, of when I said I would give you my reasonings why I said no to these guys. Um, number one, a couple of them didn't have enough tissue. Number two, it was not enough time for me to know the response of their body. Uh, number three, a couple of them needed a bit more than 16 weeks. Uh, but again, not knowing the response, maybe they didn't. Um, so that was my reasons for saying no. But I think as a summary, like if you're thinking about hiring a coach, I'd suggest, you, I'm not saying hire me, right? But I'm saying whoever you're thinking of going with, please do it sooner rather than later. Particularly if you are a first timer looking to compete next year or whenever it is. Even if it's a year away, do not put it off. The sooner you hire your coach, the better. It's no secret that the guys and girls out there that are doing well and are placing highly have um, have had a coach for a very long time. And I guess that like that's not just within bodybuilding. You look at any sport across the world, any top athlete has a coach and usually has been working with that coach for a very, very long time. You're thinking, but Vaughn, you know, maybe I'm just a first timer, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be the good, I want to be the best. And I'll say, well, those athletes are at the top of their game. They were maybe once like that. They maybe just thought, I just want to compete once to see how it is. They got the bug. Hell, I mean, I, I said to myself, I'd never compete again. You know, a couple of people that are on board with me that have said that themselves as well. A couple of people that said, I just want to do this one, a one-time thing and that's it. And now, they're, now they've got a pro card. Um, Clara, actually, we had said, when she, you know, back, this is way back to her very first show, we said she wanted to do it once and she didn't know if she wanted to do it again. Um, and now she's a, you know, I think it's a, w, a WP Pro, UK UP Pro. Um, and she's you know leveling up this year and stepping up and, and going to Tubos, going to the big leagues, um, going abroad as well, which would be epic. So I think it just goes to show you that, like if you're thinking about it, please just start. Reach out, you know, don't try and get the the cheapest coach around, because your results will reflect probably that price. Um, if you're unsure of how to decide on a coach. What I do is look at their track record, track record of um, athletes of placings. Maybe reach out to some of those athletes, ask them about their experience. Um, after that, maybe inquire about coaching. You know, feel, you know, jumping on a call. Most coaches should be willing to do that. Um, they should have some system that allow you to book a call. And I know that we do. Um, and all you need to do is just hit the link in our Instagram bios, um, and you'll be able to do that. Or we have another button where you can just inquire about coaching. Um, and we we can ping you a couple of emails after that'll. They'll teach you all about kind of how we work and what we do um, in like a five minute video. Um, and we also have like frequently asked questions on the website as well. So if you are thinking about competing, please um, get in touch. We would, you know, myself and the team would love to have you. Um, all you need to do is, is look at, I think we've had in total this year, um, personally, I've only had 13 people on stage, but there's been 40 placings. We've had 15 firsts. 10 seconds, 9 thirds, 6 fourths and 2 fifths. On top of that, one of those has been overall, two NFM UK Pro cards uh, and one British title. If you include Ali's results in that as well, um, that would be 17 firsts. It would be uh, three overalls. Um, I think that Jenny got another fourth. 
um, but also Chloe competed as well and she came second and fourth um, and she's got more shows as well so by the end of the year uh, the Vida Physique brand is a you know as a whole um, will have put not not as many people on stage as you might see some from some of the top guys in the industry who I have huge respect for and I aspire to be like. Um, but what we do is we get results with the ones we work with. And that's because we don't work with um, a large amount, but the ones that we do, we put our fucking effort into, put our heart and soul into it because we remember what it was like to compete for the first time. And we all get a great amount of joy, more so than competing ourselves, um, helping athletes, um, achieve their potential and re- achieve a result that they never thought possible. Um, I can honestly say hand on heart, it's it's something I, I can't describe. I think that you just, um, it's very fulfilling. And then that moment lasts. It's a fleeting moment really, um, because very quickly you then go to, your, your, your athlete goes, what's next? And you say, right, well, this is the next goal and it's maybe going to take two years. And they say, let's do it. And... I've had some athletes this year, like what I said that two years ago, like achieve it and you kind of go, that's fucking brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. But then again, you kind of go, what's the next goal? And that's the beauty of bodybuilding is that the goalposts move. And as a coach, to see an athlete develop over time, um, improve their physique, improve their results and placings and really just become this like morphed, mutated version of themselves in a good way. You know, I always say an elite version of themselves um, I'm just so grateful and so privileged to be a part of. Um, I've had many bodybuilding shows uh, with clients where I have I've been in tears. Uh, just you know, just happy tears you could call it. Just at the level of success. Um, one of those times was uh, when Clara turned pro uh, back in 2019. Um, I remember sitting in in the crowd and they called fifth. They called fourth. And you know she had her name called, and before they called third, they went in the top three, or now UKP Pro, and uh, then they called her name, and I remember just putting my hood up and just like silently crying, um, never afraid to to admit that, um, and then she got third again in another category. I was I was amazed. That was my first big moment as a coach, you could call it, um, first kind of official pro. I had other you know I had wins and stuff before that, but that was a special moment. And then this year, um, Molly won the overall. Again, that was a huge, a huge moment, um, and I still remember. I was just buzzing in the crowd. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" You know, like, "Well done, Molly!" Woo, shouting and that, taking loads of photos, like on on the on, on the buzzer to, to Ali and Clara to let them know in the team, and then going backstage and you know giving her a hug, chatting to her, and um, saying, "You know, Molly, remember last year you said you went place, and you know, look at you now." And I, I think I, I can't remember exactly what I said. But I remember saying, I looked, I looked at the sword, looked at her, and I was like, that's amazing. And I had to turn away, because if I looked at her, I would burst out green. Um, or it would have been more so than just like the, the silent tears that were coming down. I had to kind of like remove myself from the situation for, for 10, 15 seconds before Darren, I think the FedEx guy, Darren's his name, came around and said, Vaughn, do you want to take the, the, the sword on stage? <laughs> on stage for Molly. I was like, fuck yeah, I do. Um, and again, yeah, that was a very very special, very proud moment to be part of. I think that the emotion I'm describing, some of you might some of you might be thinking, saying, ah, fucking Elvon, you know, you're a big you're big this and that. But um if that's what you think, fuck you. You know, you're probably it's probably because you're a weak individual, if that's what you think. But yeah, I'm I'm someone that wears a heart on their sleeve. Um and I think that 
in the coaching that, that not only I do, but also that you see within Ali and Clara. I think that those values are reflected. There was a reason why we decided to all work together, and it's because we are kind of all in a similar sort of wavelength, uh, particularly with our values and what we kind of what we want out of life. But things that we that we respect, value, um, are things that we that we value at our absolute highest. And yeah, sorry, I've realised that I've just went way past my usual quota, but. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that extra five minutes of uh, of me chatting. Um, just remember that wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.